Hi everyone, and welcome to the Flip Side Podcast. We're so excited to have you here with us. We both work as youth ministers, and we're just realizing that there's a need to discuss the challenging and important topics of our faith. We also want to give you more than one perspective, and that is why we are called Flipside. Whether you're Catholic or not, we invite you to join us along for the ride. And so without further ado, welcome, welcome to, to Flipside. Flipside. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Flipside Catholic. I am so excited that you're here today. Once again, my name is Jeremy. I'm Katie. And we're excited to have you here on this new episode. So today we're going to be talking about how fun sin is. But also that heaven is better. Yes. Important distinction. Heaven is much better. Period. (laughs) 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 Gross. Special guest star Megan the Stallion is here with us today. <laughs> awesome. So, Katie, how have you been this week? What's been some highs and some lows from? <laughs> I've been good. Um, the low has been um, that I've been a little bit under the weather, so oh. I've been a little bit sick, but that's okay. Um, the high. I don't want to say grad school because it's not, because it's a lot of homework, but I am enjoying what I'm learning. I think youth group was a good high for this week. Um, it was, my week has kind of sucked, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to be honest, so you can say whatever you want. Uh, this week has been a little poopy. Uh, it's been it's been a week. Uh, I've also been feeling kind of under the weather, so that's been a low for this week. Yeah, that. Um, I've had, I have had a lot of highs from this week though. Like the weather has been amazing. It's like cooling down. Um, I think my high from the week though is discovering this song by Everly Rose. (laughs) It's called like Taylor Swift and it is the most obnoxious thing ever. Are you ready for it? Are you 22? Look at what you made me do. And if I'm just feeling bad, I'll play that and I feel better for even a little bit. So that's good. Awesome, guys. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Flipside Catholic. So today what we are going to be talking about um, is that sin is fun, but ultimately heaven is better. So we're going to be talking um about what sin is theologically a little bit about like how it how it came to be what the root of sin is today um how to discern between true joy versus momentary happiness uh, and then ultimately talk some practicals about um temptation how to recognize it how to deal with it and how to um ultimately adjust our lives so that we can um live in union with Christ as closely as possible. So, Jeremy, do you want to get us started um, with just speaking a little bit about theologically what is sin? What do we define it as in our Catholic Church? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, straight from the Catechism in paragraph 1849, and sin is defined as an offense against reason, against truth, and against right conscience. Uh, it's a failure in genuine love for God and neighbor 
caused by perverse attachment to certain goods. It wounds the nature of man and injures human solidarity. Ultimately, what sin is, is is that it's an offense against God and it's an offense against our neighbor. Um, It is a failure to act in genuine love. Um, I mean, how sin is originated was ultimately in mistrust and against blatant defiance it's like god i know what you want from me but i'm gonna choose this Mm -hmm. and ultimately like that's what sin is and it can look like a lot of different things big or small but like at the root that's what sin is it's saying god i know better yeah the original sin was ultimately a sin of disobedience um but but even deeper than that it was a sin of mistrust and it was a sin of of not trusting that the lord was going to take care of them of adam and eve and of of not believing in a lot of ways that god was who he said he was and that he was going to do what he said he was going to do um i remember speaking to a mentor once and talking about um original sin um and just how i really struggled with um mistrust in my life um and something that he pointed out that has stuck with me for years the devil's trick that he played on adam and eve was to convince them that they had to do something to be like god because the kickers they were already made in his image and likeness right they were already made good but he convinced them to mistrust their identity um as sons and daughters of god he trusts he he convinced them to mistrust um that god was a protector and a provider and and was who he said he was um and convinced them that they had to provide for themselves which is ultimately where that like disobedience came from um and so original sin um it is that offense against reason truth right conscience it's a failure in genuine love for god and neighbor um, and, and the root of all of that in many ways is is mistrust, um, that God is who he said he is and who we are in his eyes. Yeah. One thing, we were, as, you, as you were talking, Katie, it made me think of in Mass, the penitential act, like when we, mm-hmm. when we say, I confess to you, Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Mm-hmm. For me, at least, I could see, like, in a lot of times, like, God wants me to do this thing, but, like, I'm afraid. Like, I don't want to do this thing. Or it's, like, not even, maybe it's, like, I'm not afraid. Sometimes it's, like, I think I objectively know better, which is wrong 100% of the time. (laughs) Um, But it's that part of, and in what I have failed to do. Like, God, in all the ways that I have failed you today, or, like, the roommates that I have, like in the ways that I have failed them, the ways that I have not like loved them or served them. It's like, oh, like that is out of my sinful tendencies. Now that we've defined sin, we're going to dive a little bit more into the practicals of sin, the types of sin, um, and then some common um, ways that we can kind of combat those sins. Important thing to note about sin is there's different types of sins there's a sin of commission and a sin of omission a sin of commission is a sin where we take action to commit whether in thought word or deed um, it's intentional that's what a sin of commission is a sin of omission however is a sin that is committed by willingly not performing a certain task Um, so that's kind of like two important notes to distinguish with sin Katie, do you want to talk about mortal and venial sin? So a 
mortal sin is a type of sin that when is when it is committed, it immediately severs our relationship from God. Whereas a venial sin, when it is committed, it um it it harms our relationship with God, but it doesn't completely break it. And so if you I kind of use the imagery of like a rope. So say that the rope is what attaches you to God, right? A mortal sin is when somebody just like chops that rope entirely all in one swoop and you are immediately disconnected from God. Whereas a venial sin is more like somebody is like slowly hacking away at the rope, um, like ripping like one thread at a time with each venial sin. So both ultimately lead to a place of separation from God, but a mortal sin does it immediately, whereas a venial sin builds up over time. Um, it, a venial sin is a less serious sin, but it is still um, dangerous nonetheless because it separates us from God. Um, in order for a sin to be mortal, there are three criteria that have to be met um, because God doesn't take it lightly for us to completely separate ourselves from him, right? So he makes it difficult for that to happen, but there are criteria where a mortal sin can happen. Um, and so the three criteria that a sin has to meet in order for it to be mortal is it has to actually be grave matter. So it has to be something um, very, very bad, such as murdering somebody or um, there's some other venial or mortal sins um, out there, but that would be an example of it. It has to be something that you are, um, you fully know that it is a mortal sin. Mm -hmm. um, now, in the example of murder, like, you know that it is a very bad thing to kill somebody. But say, for example, um, a person who is not Catholic sleeps with their significant other before marriage. That wouldn't necessarily be a mortal sin, even though it's very grave matter, because they don't actually know that it's a bad thing to do, Right. That would be the difference between somebody who is like knows that that's a very bad thing, was raised Catholic, knows that that's not something that you should do before marriage and does it anyway versus somebody who doesn't realize that that's not something you ought to do. And then the last criteria for a mortal sin to be a mortal sin is that you have to do it willingly. So you can't be forced into it um, for it to be a mortal sin. So say again, back to the example of I don't know, murdering somebody. Um, if somebody is like making you do this and they're like holding you at gunpoint saying like, if you don't do this, then I'm going to kill your family. And you do that, then it is not necessarily a mortal sin. Um, it's not great, <laughs> but it's not necessarily a mortal sin. So again, the three criteria for a mortal sin is it has to be grave matter you have to know that it's grave matter and you have to willingly perform the action. Yeah. So, um, and then venial sin is any type of sin other than that. Um, so even something that is very grave matter can be a venial sin if you don't do it willingly or if you don't know that it is very grave matter. Yeah. And I think also now, like having defined those, like it's important to know there are the, you know, the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. um, and I think those are such common sins that teens and young adults can fall into. Um, yeah. So now we're just going to talk a little bit about the seven deadly sins and they are common sins that everyone can fall into. And 
we're going to give just some simple ways or not so simple ways to combat them. Um, but the first one is pride. And an important thing to note with pride is that this is something like that everyone struggles with. This is the root of all sin. Yeah. And to counter pride, we need to be actively seeking humility. We need to be praying for humility, actively looking for ways to be humiliated, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to combat our own pride and our own self-consumption with ways that we can go outside of ourselves and to, yeah, live more humbly. Yeah. Something that my spiritual director told me about humility, because I really um, struggle with humility because I don't like to be embarrassed. So I just like didn't pray for humility for the first 10 years of my spiritual life. Um, But something that she told me was, um, and totally changed my perspective, is that humiliations are actually a gift from God. Um, And things that show us our weaknesses are a gift from God because it keeps us from pride, which separates us from him. So ultimately, humility and humiliations are actually acts of love of the Father towards us um, because it it keeps us close to him by realizing that we can't do things on our own and that we need him. Um, And that totally changed my perspective on humiliations and humility. And I absolutely still struggle with the concept and with praying for it, but it, it does make it easier to understand and to desire coming at it from that perspective. For sure. Yeah. They remind us of our need for him for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the next deadly sin um, that is so pervasive in our culture is um, the sin of lust. Um, And this is really just viewing people as objects and what you can get from them rather than um, viewing them as, as whole persons. Um, And it it takes a lot of different ways. Um, Easy ways to fall into this are through media that is consumed um, or through music, through conversations. It really um, has snuck into most aspects of our culture. And so it's something that we all need to be making sure that we are actively trying to root out from our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And something that is really um, helpful to root out lust in your life is to actively try to see people as whole persons and not just as what you can get from them. And so practicing that in your life, um, like even if it's something as simple as holding the door for people behind you or something as simple as saying hello to the cashier or doing something for your family, um, just seeing people as whole persons. So when you can see them, Um, as a beloved son or daughter of Christ in small circumstances, then when you are confronted with something a little bit um, bigger, um, you're you're more able to see them as whole persons. I think this one, in my mind, it just goes kind of hand in hand with this next one, uh, and that is envy. And envy is just such a dangerous one. I mean, these all are, but wanting what other people want, like, realizing like oh this is something i want this is something i can have this is something i need and it can just spiral into this big thing but the sin of envy is so dangerous um, because it it also is rooted in pride and it's like Mm -hmm. oh like i deserve this i need this i need this i want more i want more Uh, and it's just yeah again so dangerous and i think a amazing foolproof way to combat this sin is to just be practicing 
what you're grateful for, um, to have gratitude for the things that you have. Uh, this is something that's been really difficult for me um, because I just love things and I love beautiful things and I love art and decorating. And I'm like, oh, I just need to have this new piece of furniture. I want this mug or I just, you know, I want to be aesthetic. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all fine and good. But when it crosses into that line of envy, it's really dangerous. So something I would have, I did and still do and has been really beneficial for me is in my journal, I just list out every single thing that I'm grateful for that I have. And obviously I can't do everything because I mean, so I could just keep writing and keep writing and fill up books because God has just blessed me so much with so many good things because mm -hmm. he loves me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's envy. Um, do you want to talk about the next one? Yeah. So the next sin is the sin of sloth, um, which is like laziness or lack of effort um, or really just, um, yeah, not doing what you ought to do. I would say a lot of the sins of omission probably fall under this um, sin of sloth in a lot of ways. Um, and a really, and I will say that there is a difference between the sin of sloth and like sleeping in on a Saturday morning and having like a lazy day. Like there is a difference. Sloth, I would say, is more of a general apathy towards your duties in life or towards your spiritual life, especially. Um, and so a really good way to combat sloth is to be diligent and to be self-disciplined um, in, in multiple areas of your life. And now self-discipline is the root of really all virtue in a lot of ways. I mean, humility is the true root of all virtue, but self-discipline is like the next step, pretty much. You have to be disciplined in order to be virtuous. Um, and you can practice that self-discipline through um, like setting yourself a schedule, especially mm -hmm. like a prayer schedule and staying mm -hmm. very committed to your prayer each day, making time for prayer, not finding time for prayer, but also like wash your dishes as soon as you're done cooking yeah. or um, get to the gym a few times a week and like stick to that commitment. Yeah. Don't flake out on obligations that you've made even if you don't really want to go, like practice that self-discipline in many areas of your life. Yeah. Ultimately, just like commitment. Like mm -hmm. if you, sloth is so dangerous. I think in my mind, oh my gosh, my nose is so stuffed, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> in my mind, like one of the most difficult things to combat is complacency. Mm -hmm. Complacency and apathy. Um, because that's just a sign of, oh, I don't really care. Um, and that is such a dangerous place to be in. Um, and that kind of will relate with the majority, if not all of sin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, complacency and not really caring and just being super apathetic. That's such a strong thing that we need to combat. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just move on now. Like the next mm -hmm. one that we want to talk about is gluttony. Um, and gluttony is just a sense of like, really ultimately selfishness. Like I want more again, mm -hmm. like I need more of this, um, not being able to control yourself to like either, I mean, a common example is overeating, um, you know, and going for seconds, fine, whatever, you know, fine. But the, it's all about intention and what's the point um, and what's the purpose um, because we want to be grateful for what we have and be thankful for that. We don't want to be like, oh, I'm not satisfied. I need to have more. Because what a slap in the face that is for God. Like yeah. God mm -hmm. gives you these beautiful gifts and you're like, oh, this isn't enough. I need more. I need to go search for things on my own and like 
fill myself with these temporary pleasures and worldly happiness. Like we'll talk about that more later, but an amazing way also to combat gluttony is, is just diligence and self-control. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. I think that like, I was just super convicted of like what a slap in the face that is to God. And like, I think that we can be gluttonous, not just in worldly things, but in our spiritual lives too. Like, Lord, you've given me all of these blessings, like give me more. Like, yeah, you provided for me in this way spiritually, or you've given me these consolations, but give me more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not enough. And obviously there's like a fine line there between like genuinely needing that like affirmation and that consolation sometimes, but also just, yeah, being mindful that we're not just like, I don't know, I, I see this sometimes in, in students, like let's not just seek the retreat high yeah. um, in our spiritual lives constantly. And let's like be diligent and put in put in the work to just have a relationship with the Lord, regardless of what we necessarily are receiving from it in that moment. But anyways, the next deadly sin is greed, um, which is, it's closely related to envy, but it's um, essentially just having what you have and feeling entitled to the things that you have and not wanting to, um, to give it up. Um, It can also be defined as the excessive desire for material things. Um, but ultimately it's it's a very prideful form of like i'm owed this mm-hmm. thing that i have and i won't give it up um i think that a really good way to combat this greed um is obviously to be to be generous um both oh, with yeah. your time and with your money um to be kind um and i think honestly like maybe this is a hot take but I live in Minneapolis and there are a lot of homeless people around often on many street corners near where I live. And I think I just see so many people walk right past these homeless people or drive right past them without even looking at them. Um, and I just think that it's so important to, even if you don't have money to give to them or if you don't feel um, like if you're not convicted that like giving money to a homeless person is the best thing to do, because obviously there's differing opinions on that. Like right. talk to them, see them as a person. Yeah. At least like, acknowledge them. Acknowledge like them. The, like kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about with lust, like such, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think lust is going to be the issue here. Yeah. But like with lust, it's you're not seeing the whole person and you're mm-hmm. just seeing like, oh, what can I get from them or what what, what will make them valuable to me? Yeah. And with the homeless people, the homeless population, it's like you're not seeing them as a whole person. You're just mm-hmm. passing off judgment to them. So challenging yourself to be generous and to acknowledge them as a whole person will really allow them to be loved in the way that they need to. Exactly. Because regardless of what has happened in their life to get them to the point of homelessness, whether it's through their own poor decisions or whether it's through addiction or whether it's through honestly just really sucky luck for most of their life whatever got them to that place they're still human beings like and it shocks me that i have to say that but like no yeah they are still worthy of love love. and time and respect and and being acknowledged as a human person and so i think that that's a really good way to practice um uh yeah to to practice getting rid of greed in our lives so you want to talk about the last one, Jeremy? Yeah. So the last one is wrath. And when I hear that, I'm like, I don't struggle with that. 
um, but it's also defined as uncontrolled feelings of hatred or anger. And I'm not saying that I'm just like, oh, I hate everyone so vigorously and so strongly. I don't. Um, But I struggle with this thought of like people are doing the wrong thing and it's like, oh, I'm so upset at them. And it's like, is this justified? Like I'm just being selfish and prideful and saying like, oh, I deserve them to act better. It's like, no, like, yeah. And these uncontrolled feelings of hatred and anger, like that's wrath. And that all of these sins are failure to love and failure Mm -hmm. to live virtuously. Um, But to combat, to combat that, that wrath, that feeling of hatred and anger, that's uncontrolled um, practice, practice, practice patience um, and forgiveness. Um, Because the more that you practice patience and forgiveness and gratitude for the other person or for whoever, whatever situation it is, um, you're training your heart to actually believe those things. And then your heart, instead of being, you know, the default setting of like, oh, I'm so pissed off right now, or I'm so mad, or I hate this person. Um, instead, you're training yourself to be grateful and to be patient and to be forgiving. And it makes me think of, it's like the gospel this weekend um, had to do a lot with forgiveness, yeah. um, especially with the other person. Um it says like, if this person sins against you, forgive them seven times. You're like seven times, like okay, no, forgive them seventy-seven times. Yeah. Um, and something my, um, the priest at my parish was saying was in his homily about it this weekend was, seven is a number to represent perfection, right? In scripture, like seven is used mm-hmm. to represent perfection. Um, and we're asked to, to like, yes, we like, we want to strive to live virtuously, which is to live perfectly. Um, and we can't do that on our own. We need to do it with God and through God. Um, but he doesn't just ask us forgive perfectly. He wants us to go beyond that and, and to live above reproach and to forgive even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can only do that with him. So I, I'm just, yeah, I'm so passionate about this one about all of this, about combating sin, because sin sucks as fun as it is. Heaven is better. (laughs) Heaven is better. Like the reason we give into sin is because it's fun or it's because other people are doing it. We feel pressured into doing it. And like with wrath, I just think of like this uncontrolled feelings of hatred and anger. It makes me think of like the weather. People are like, oh, I hate this. And it's like, yeah. Why don't you be grateful for this? Yeah. Or, I mean, and I think wrath is a really interesting one because I did not think that I struggled with anger. I always said, like, I'm just not an angry person. But guess what? I <laughs> hate to admit it, but I totally road rage. Yeah, like, sinner. I, like, people, oh, 100% road people rage. will cut me off and I'm like, what the heck are you doing with yeah, your life? I don't say that, but I say <laughs> more. <laughs> and I'm, you know, so impatient sometimes or I get so mad at people when they don't drive well and because i feel like i'm owed better it's like how dare you do this to me right it's how, like what <laughs> how dare you make me spend an extra five seconds at this stoplight like that's crazy the sense of entitlement that comes with that but i think that road rage because it's such a socially like acceptable form of like anger i think or people are like oh yeah like like that's fine that's i totally road rage and it's like no that actually like is a heart issue so i've been praying a lot about that lately because i am so impatient yeah when i drive and also like the but... thing with sin that i like, i think will go on mm-hmm. and and share more but the thing i want to say is with sin right um it's gonna 
come into our lives in these small ways, the ways that are going to like seem attractive to us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, road rage isn't a big deal. It's fine. It's like, no, now you're, you're being more comfortable with that. And then you're letting your guard down a little bit. And you're going to become a little bit more Correct. wrathful, wrathful, wrathful and, you know, continue to do it in, in bigger ways. Um, mm -hmm. Sin is, sin is attractive and that's why people choose it. That's why there's this word called temptation. Mm -hmm. Like we're tempted to do these things because it's like, oh, this could be fun or this, you know, again, I could get something from this. Um, but like with temptation, Katie, like what in, you know, if you can share some words. Temptation is a really tricky thing because it, it comes in so many um, sneaky little forms. Mm -hmm. um, something that my mom and my aunt always used to say growing up that drove me nuts because it was just <laughs> like the Christian KTIS uh, statement of it's a slow fade or sin is a slippery slope. And I was so mad because they would say that every single time I wanted to do something, even just a little bit wrong, and they'd be like, well, Katie, it's a slippery slope. And I was like, okay, but it's not that big of a deal. But it actually so is. True, though, yeah. Like, it is. And so um, temptation often comes in the form of like a little wrong thing. And then you say yes to that. And then you're like, okay, well, maybe this next thing isn't so big of a deal, you know? Or like, like when it comes to swearing, maybe – you um, are fine with saying, you, you know, you you say damn or <gasps> something. I know. Um, but you you justify that that's fine, right? You know, you're like, it's, it's just like, dang, it's not that big of a deal, right? But then, like, you justify that. You, you allow that to come into your vocabulary and then it builds, right? Like, um, I've struggled with, with swearing in the past in my life. Um, and I didn't just like jump right into like the worst words right away. Like when I was a kid, I thought that crap was the worst word you could possibly say, you know? We cannot say that here. I know. <laughs> so anyways, I don't know if swearing is a great example of that, but there, there is the very real reality that temptation comes in little ways. So it's going to start small and build up. It's like the difference between um, like – throwing a frog into boiling water where it's going to jump right out or throwing a frog into a pot of water and then slowly turning up the heat until it's boiling alive. Like that is what temptation and sin often looks like in our lives. Yeah. If we get thrown into this like really intense, sinful situation, we're going to react. We're going to like, freak oh out. Gosh, this is terrible. Like I don't want to be a part of this. Exactly. Yeah. But if it's, if we slowly say yes to little things, then soon enough we're boiling. And I do mean hell. I'm just kidding. But no, but like, but like actually, those cheesy sayings are, you know, used they're said a lot for, for a reason. reason. You know, like yeah, it is a slippery slope. You know, um, it it builds and it builds into this big thing, and before you know it, it's like, oh dang, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. um, but the same could be true for virtue. Um, yep. Like little by little, practicing virtue, you're going to be at a place, and it's like, oh wow, how did I get here? Like, praise be to God that I'm here. Um, but in this world, uh, we're just going to, I just want to talk about like, dealing with this temptation. Like now that we can recognize what it is, um, it is a slippery slope. It, it, it can lead us astray slowly, but surely. Um, but, you know, dealing with it is another part of the battle. Like once you know what it is, now you need to know how to, to fight against it. Um, 
And I think praying prayer is pretty great, guys. Mm -hmm. um, it is the surest way to get us to heaven. It is the surest way to get us to living a life of virtue. And a way to deal with this temptation is to pray to God and ask for his help and his guidance in your life and to help you root out temptation and to root out sin in your life. Mm -hmm. um, because for us, like, we're humans. Um, we are broken and we are in need of God. We are in need of a savior. And praise be to Jesus that he is that for us. Because by our own strength, we could not do these things. We could not recognize all sin and all temptation just on our own. But Jesus wants to help us and he wants to give us new life. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the last thing that we'll say on sin is that it's important to keep a mind. It's, it's important to keep an eternal mindset, right? And to realize that what we're searching for is true joy and not momentary happiness, right? Because sin, like we said, it's fun. Like it is, it's, and it's easy. It's so easy to fit in with the crowd, to say what people are saying, to do what people are doing, to just go along with what society says to do, right? To not swim upstream yeah, as it's it is. Comfortable. It's comfortable. But we were not made for comfort. We were made for greatness. And we need to be searching out like the true joy that comes only from a relationship with God that will only reach its fulfillment in heaven and keep that eternal perspective of we are not made for this world. We are made for heaven. Yeah. And, and we need to live like that in this earth. Like this earth is a battleground to that we have to fight through to get to heaven, right? Like there's beautiful things in this life, right? And there's many consolations and gifts and joys um, in this life. And also, ultimately, this world is our ship and it's not our home and we're just trying to to get to heaven. So we need to wake up each day, honestly. Um, I think the best way to combat sin is to wake up each day and say, how can I get to heaven today? Yeah. What can I do today to draw closer to the Lord? Lord, help me take another step closer to heaven today. And if you ask him for that each day, he's not... <laughs> He's not going to say, no, nah, you're on your own, right? Like, that's what we have the Holy Spirit for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think we'll just end it with this challenge. Uh, we want to challenge you to be looking for those small ways in your life that you are choosing sin and that you are ultimately choosing a life apart from God. It sounds super daunting and super like, oh, that sucks. But it's so true. Like, when you choose sin, you are separating yourself from God. But God will always provide an opportunity for you to come back. And that's why we have the sacrament of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So pray for those small ways that you're sinning and ask God for his help to stop doing those things. Mm -hmm. And noticing these things, take them to confession yep. and ask to be back with the Lord. That is our challenge for you this week. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week. Yay. I think we're done. I think we're done. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Again, my name is Jeremy. My name is Katie. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.